0: Hey everyone welcome back to another reaching the summit podcast i am todd buckingham you can find me on twitter at reach summit pod and i'm joined today by
1: zach Dosh. and you can find me at Zachary Dosh.
0: and usually we go to a third person but greg has more important work to do they got a special ses- session going with the uh north dakota legislature so he's not able to join us today um but he'll be back next week um so zach and i will do our best to uh to trudge through and, uh, without our counterpart.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, kind of hard to believe that we all have day jobs and, you know, we have other things going on too, you know, I mean, you you'd think this would be paying the bills by now, but it's not, not quite, not quite <laughs> there. I haven't, I haven't quit our day jobs yet for any of this stuff, but you know, we still like to have fun with it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting for it to pay a bill, but yeah. uh, <laughs> and then we'll go from there. Yeah. I, it was even kind of funny today. I was, up north, northern Minnesota, deer hunting, uh, saying, Dad, we got to get going. i got to get back in time to do a podcast this afternoon. Um, but uh, yeah. that, that doesn't even include work and all those other things. And the other yeah. thing that we don't have this week that we've had with the first four weeks is we were unable to get a coach on. We still plan on getting the other six coaches that we have not had on the podcast on the podcast. Uh, we will work on that next week, and I'll send out uh, announcements once we have that that set up. Uh, yep. So those of you that are thinking, oh, well, you got four of the schools done. You didn't get to ours. The plan is to get to everybody. The um, tough part is the basketball season rolls around, so it's a little tougher to do that right now. Yeah,
1: basically I mean, what we've done, we've, we've reached out to everybody, and we just kind of hear back from different schools at different periods of time. And, you know, no doubt we'll try to weave them all in by the end of the year. And also, in addition to that, some player interviews too. You know, I think that's yep. going to be kind of fun, something that we I – mean, we've done coaches' interviews in the past, but not a whole lot of player interviews, and I think that we're going to try to do a little bit more of that this year.
0: Yep. Yeah, and and open to suggestions too. If there's other things, other guests that would make some sense, I, I was looking at some other mid-major conference podcasts, and they did a a uh, media day with different media from the different areas. We, we might not get into that this year, but I think we'll expand next year on some different things too. It's kind of just trial and error here in year two, so we'll uh, we'll yeah keep expanding. Yep,
1: like we've always said, I mean, this is your guys' podcast, too. It's for the people, and, um, you know, so shoot us suggestions. We have have an open mind. We're by no means experts on this, but, you know, like we've always said, we're going to have fun with it, and we're going to keep trying to make this better and better and get a bigger reach and get a better product just out to you guys.
0: Exactly. Uh, So the good news is we have basketball starting in two days. Uh, November 9th is the opening of the season, and, Zach, you had said how many teams are playing on opening night
1: i thought i saw something where there's like 185 games can yeah, that be so. right somebody tweet at us if that's right i gotta I got look that up i thought i saw that and it was and the reason why they were saying it is because it was like a record or something like that so all of a sudden it's you know everybody with all this pent-up energy and it's just going to be absolute chaos on the first day and we're only going to be able to watch obviously a very small portion of those games but you know everybody's so excited to play everybody had to schedule their games on the very first day
0: yeah, I don't think the math matches up if it's all D ones playing D ones. But get, considering how many non-D ones play that opening night, it it probably is right.
1: Yeah, I think there was something like that where it's like like forty or forty to sixty of, the, of those aren't D one games. Right. D one versus D one. Yeah, so you're right. Then that then the math would get closer to working out. But
0: yeah. So Zach and I were texting back and forth, both of us saying one of us should get uh, a subscription to Ken Palm, and I did because I think it's fifteen dollars for the year or something like that, and Zach may have as well. So I started to dig into a little bit of the stats um, on Ken Palm, and I want first thing I want to talk about, Zach, I'm just going to go through the win totals that Ken Palm predicts mm-hmm. for the for the ten uh, Summit League teams, and then we'll just kind of mm-hmm. chat about. Maybe where we think they might be missing it on some teams or even Mm -hmm. teams that, boy, if they could really get above that number, that really helps the Summit. After that, Mm -hmm. we'll jump into some that first week, some of the matchups that that people might want to look forward to to checking out. And then Mm -hmm. we'll kind of see where we're at with time and we'll go from there. Sure. Um, So just starting with the non-conference, so Ken Palm, I'm not going to go through the total records because some teams play 13 games, some teams play 10. It just kind of depends on the schedules. But you've got South Dakota State with nine wins predicted in the non-conference. South Dakota and North Dakota State at eight. Western Illinois, Oral Roberts at seven. And then there's kind of a drop-off. Kansas City at four. North Dakota at four. Uh, St. Thomas at three, actually. And uh Omaha at three and Denver at three. Mm-hmm. So anything immediately stick out in those win totals?
1: You know, I, I think it's again going back to those top three schools. Um I like SDSU, NDSU, and all Roberts non-conference schedules. Like if yeah. you'd ask me to peg the number, I I'd be I would take the under on if you said four losses at all those schools, I'd probably take the under I mean you know you, you look at South Dakota State here uh, obviously starting out with Bradley which which is a a really good game a really good game to start out the year a really good opponent and they get them at home um, and then uh, South Dakota State goes to Alabama right after that and obviously that's going to be a tough team I, I believe Alabama's like preseason 14 in the nation and and two two players on the first team all-conference preseason team and, and so yeah. Alabama is going to be tough it's always good to have like I'm a, I'm a firm believer Schools in the Summit League should have one game on the on the season on the schedule that will give them an idea of where they need to get to or what the teams are going to look like in the NCAA tournament, you know, and so they can always have the picture in their mind. Obviously, Alabama they're heading the the tournament. I um, believe they're second in the SEC preseason, and so that's their team of. Of sort of like setting the benchmark, like all right, this is gonna be what we're gonna have to get comfortable with if we're gonna have the success that we want to get to. So, and then outside of that, you know, Montana State uh, preseason, uh, they the one thing I like about South Dakota State's schedule is they have an MTE at the Pentagon.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, like that's just a tremendous tremendous advantage if you ask me. Yeah, um, being able to play three quality opponents, but also getting the experience in the arena for the conference championship game or conference championship tournament. So, um, you know, Nevada, Washington and George Mason, honestly, all those are winnable Yeah. Uh, out, out of all those games, you know, Washington's the biggest name, but they're just not very good right now. They had a terrible right. year last year. And like, I think South Dakota state can win that game. And then, yep. so that kind of leaves Nevada. Nevada's pretty good. George Mason, uh, is also pretty good, but you know, they're, they're definitely beatable and three teams, uh, in three days in the building that they're going to be playing and all this stuff. uh, That's very important. And then really outside of that is Washington state. So if you ask me about South Dakota state, the games that concern me the most are Washington state and Alabama. And then outside of that, they're definitely winnable. I think they probably would drop one between, you know, one of the crossover classic games. So that's putting them at three losses. And it's very realistic that they only lose three there too, I think. And so I, I don't know. What do you think about South Dakota State's uh, uh, schedule there? I,
0: I love the start. When you've got Bradley at home, that's kind of one of those maybe not equal teams. South Dakota State yeah. might be a little bit higher ranked in, in Ken Palm rate, ratings, but right around the same. And the, and you get them at home. And and so it's when you think net rating, that's probably one of those tier two, tier one-ish, tier two type wins, if you can get that. Um and and then you've got Alabama, which is a pretty tough test. And and like you said, going to the to the Pentagon and getting the chance for those three games, I I think they really are home games, even if they're considered neutral court for uh, for net rating and things like that. I could see them. They're the team. Let me put it this way: they're the team I'm hopeful for to pull off a couple of wins that Ken Palm right now is saying they're not going to get. So if mm-hmm. there was a team that could go eleven and two in the non-conference, it, it their schedule lines up that that's possible. Not saying it's mm-hmm. probable or going to happen, but it's possible. And when you've got the top three teams there that are all I consider pretty good teams, you want to see at least each of those teams get one game that you wouldn't consider one they're they're going to get. Mm-hmm. And that's all. That does is raise raise the entire um, level of the of the conference in the net. And you know, one of the things that was interesting to me, just to kind of switch gears to another team, South Dakota. One of those teams that you look at losing Stanley and losing AJ, but the 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 Ken Palms of the world and the metrics like them. And we've talked about this before. We maybe, and by we, I probably mean me. Are just a little slow to realize that they're a every year top three ish four ish um summit league team mm-hmm. you know we I remember a, a couple of years ago when North Dakota State had a bunch of loss lost a bunch of players, and you're now now these household names in sam Greasel, Tyree Edie were coming in, but they hadn't done much the year before, and we all went, oh, it's going to be a down year for North Dakota State and where'd they end up at the end of the year same spot mm-hmm. they always are. Mm-hmm. And I, South Dakota might be that. It might just be they might be the type of team that we keep thinking because of lo- the losses that they had aren't going to be are more of the middle of the pack type of team. But it, the thing about Ken Palm and that type in the metrics is this, it's just about the numbers and the numbers they crunch together. There's no fandom or or no even necessarily going back and going, well, last year. They disappointed, you know, here or there. It's really just going off what 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 is in front in the numbers. So that's another team that I think is 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 an interesting one. That that who if, again, if they finish in the top three or four this year, I think we just have to start realizing Todd Lee is, puts together good teams. Yeah,
1: I agree. I I've, I've really kind of I I'm starting to kind of talk myself into South Dakota State being a little bit better than what we thought you know, getting into that four or five range in the conference um, for just the same reasons that, that you're stating, you know, okay, so if I'm thinking back, it's just like, you know, before A.J. Plitza White was A.J. Plitza White, we were wondering where the heck is this going to come from? And then A.J. Plitza White became almost the conference player of the year last year. Right. And so you're really sort of banking on the fact that Todd Lee knows what he needs, he knows where to get it, and he has it. We may not recognize it yet, but clearly, without you know losing forty percent of their scoring and not bringing really anybody in, he must be pretty confident in what he has, and right. he he knows what that looks like, and so he's not wondering. And so um, I don't know. I I I guess I, I have to believe in them until we see otherwise, and then you, you sort of jump into their schedule here, and it's kind of an interesting schedule. You know, they play Air Force in in. Uh, Sioux Falls you know I don't know I mean does Air Force can't have great post play I mean you have to be small enough to fit in jets right I mean <laughs> right. I don't know if it works like that but we you know with
0: only here do you get that kind of hard-hitting analysis
1: <laughs> yeah can't fly jets post play can't be great I actually went on a visit to the Air Force Academy and it turns out there's nothing really for six seven guys with terrible eyes to do uh, on, yeah. the, on the ground True. Uh, yeah. beautiful place though beautiful place awesome place it's almost too bad that they're not going there to play, but uh, getting them in the Pentagon and then Drake, obviously uh, just a really good measuring stick, really solid program, Um, you know, and, but there, there's this kind of all over the place, you know, and then then they get Southern and Tennessee state in here um, and uh, at home and then presentation, presentation pops up on just about everybody's schedule. Um, You know, they, you know, I I don't know how much they get paid to come play these games, but um, they're nice to get on the schedule really convenient Nebraska, San Jose State, Waldorf, Northern Colorado, Northern Arizona. So um, I I don't uh, I don't like their non-conference schedule as much as South Dakota State's primarily because they don't have that team on here that's going to be in the NCAA tournament and they don't have an MTE at the Pentagon. It kind of seems like a waste for know south dakota state to have an mtv at the pentagon and not south dakota i mean i guess maybe south dakota is just an experienced team doesn't need one or whatnot but that's a pretty big advantage to be able to play an MTV, like basically a simulation of the conference tournament uh, when when all this comes down to it so you know i i I would definitely say i think i like south dakota state's non-conference schedule more than south dakota's at this point but you know, it, it just, it all kind of depends, um, on, on what their, what their team needs. And so, you know, um, and then moving back on to, to NDSU like, we had kind of talked about as another one of those top three teams. Um, I kind of like NDSU as well. Um, they don't really have, you know, it's, it's, I'm guessing they're kind of running into the same thing that like, oh, obviously is getting in, like you can tell they kind of have a hard time scheduling, um. Mm-hmm. You know, they have sort of an interesting stretch. You know, they they go to Cal Poly, which is interesting. They're going at Cal Poly and then UNLV in Arizona. Honestly, I think they can win all three of those. You know, Cal Poly is not very good. They'll be able to get them, I think. And then UNLV, you know, obviously they're just sort of in a potential state of uh, a perpetual state of flux, I should say. With, you know, coaching turnover, like we saw with TJ Otzobargo being there, and player turnover, they have a lot of turnover. And so, um, playing against a team that is just rock solid and knows exactly who they are is probably bad news for UNLV, would be my guess. And you can say the exact same thing about Arizona. I mean, you want to talk about a premier win that looks amazing on paper, but really, when you're watching the game, probably isn't going to look like much of an upset. And that's going to be NDSU at Arizona. I mean, yeah. I I really think, and yes, you can get Arizona this year. I mean, yeah, I mean you're going to watch them playing on there, and they're not going to be outmanned when they play Arizona. Uh, What a what a win for the conference if they can go down there and get that one. It it wouldn't be all that surprising either. Um, And and then I think Creighton is probably the hardest game that they have on their preseason schedule. that's going to be at, at Nebraska-Omaha, and that's going to be in Omaha, I should say. And that's going to be their game, their measuring stick game for the NCAA tournament. You know, They'll be able to play that game, see how they measure up, and understand what parts of the game they need to progress in before they get to the NCAA tournament, if, if that's the way it plays out. So um, I don't know. What do you think about NDSU's non-conference schedule
0: here? Well, and I, I same thing. UNLV, it's a way. If that was – if that was at North Dakota State, that they'd be that would be a win for them in the Ken Palm ratings. It just mm-hmm. so happens that it's it's a way. It's an interesting stretch. I mean, some fun places to go out to California, uh, Las Vegas, and Arizona. Some warm places, but a tough stretch to go. That that week is going to be a tough stretch for them, just travel wise and all of yeah. that. Yeah. They the tough thing for North Dakota State is they just don't have any South Dakota was South Dakota state was able to get um, some teams at home. Yeah. And North Dakota state just wasn't able to do that. Yeah. Which means, I mean, to win, to even go two and one in the UNLV Arizona uh, Creighton three, three pack of games would be pretty, a pretty big deal. Cause they're all away and we know how hard it is to win on the road. And, um Creighton is the best team yet if I had to pick one for them to win that would look better it's Arizona Arizona no, no isn't the yeah. Arizona of they're probably not even a tournament team I mean they could be it's not you it all depends on what happens in the Pac-12 for them but they're probably not a tournament team but yeah. they're everybody remembers the Ludo, Ludo Olson Arizona teams and that's yeah what the, and, they're, and they're a power five school on. too they're a yep. Power
1: Five school too, and I think that that's a big part about this as well. You know, yeah, as you're mentioning it, it's it's sort of an odd schedule because they really only get Indiana State at home, right? And outside of that, it's like Idaho and then the lower level schools. So, I mean, clearly Coach Richmond is very confident in his team and wants to challenge them a little bit. And my guess is they had a really hard time putting together this schedule. I'm guessing this schedule smells of a, of a team that nobody wanted to play. (laughs) You know, when I'm looking at this NDSU schedule, there's a lot of road games and pretty much nobody at home. And quite, quite honestly, I don't, I don't blame you. I I don't blame a lot of these schools for not wanting to play NDSU. I mean, probably not much upside and a lot of downside, you know? Um, Right. So, you know, there's one of those deals where, um, I'm kind of surprised they didn't look for an MTE or something like that. Um, but, you know, it's it, we all know that this is way harder than we're making it sound here. I mean, that was very, very apparent from every coach we've talked to is just how hard it is to put together a non-conference schedule. But, you know, luckily for NDSU, they have very little questions to answer. So this is more about just getting some games under their belt and putting them in under a little stress and then hitting their stride for the conference, uh, tournament. I don't think it really would matter one way or the other, uh, what their non-conference schedule is like. So it'd be
0: interesting. Well, and, and it's their, their depth. I haven't put together the reaching the summit six man of the year, defensive player of the year, that kind of stuff yet. I don't know who the sixth man of the year is, but they're playing for North Dakota state. Like like, that just, it's whoever doesn't start enough to be able to qualify. I mean, well, you've got Grant Nelson and Andrew Coleman and uh, Malik Harden Hayes, all these guys that, so that entire group that started most of last year, somebody, if Grant is starting, somebody's not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 going to be impossible to not, yeah, you're going to have to start Grant. It's just going to be impossible to not start them. And I agree. They have, if you'd ask coach, they probably have eight starters right and you know the reason why they're going to win six man of the year is because they're really a, should be a starter they'd be a right. starter at the majority of the schools in the conference for sure right. um and that's just a, a credit to really coach and the culture is developed and um getting players to sacrifice maybe some stats for being a part of something special and that's why like if, if i had to i I would probably lean towards picking NDSU at this point right now. So until we a little bit know a little bit more about what's going on at South Dakota State, but. Um, I can't rewrite stuff. the
0: article over and over again, but the amount of times I've changed my mind is, is yeah. incredible. I, I, in fact, I'm pretty sure I'm, it's not Oral Roberts in my mind anymore. It's between North Dakota State and South Dakota State, mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. it just, you know, you start to look at the, the the depth. The only sad part for North Dakota State is I don't think we'll really know what we got in that first week, it, mm-hmm. and we'll go into this in the next segment if you want to call it that, but they, they start with Concordia and then Cal Poly, so two games that aren't really hopefully testing them too much. Yeah. The, the It is amazing how much they're going out west. They, they have that stretch of home games and then a game at Montana State, and then they go back out to Pacific. So they're yeah. they're really spending some time out in the California Arizona Nevada area
1: uh, yeah. this year. Yeah, definitely interesting stuff. Yep. Um, well, I guess moving on to like Western Illinois here, their non conference schedule, um, uh, you know, I I like it. It's very regional. They're playing a lot of like teams. They get a number of home games. Actually, they get Miami of Ohio ball state and Tennessee Martin at home. Right. Uh, right in a row. I, I like that. Uh, their only par five game is Nebraska, who uh, isn't a NCAA tournament team at this point. Um, and so they don't really have that really measuring stick game. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not bad. You know, they get, like I said, a lot of regional games, a lot of like size games not a whole lot of lower level games though. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll have a good read on them coming out of this non-conference schedule.
0: Yeah. They really, really play a lot of Mac teams uh, mm-hmm. three or four on the schedule. They do have DePaul also, but I, I think not calling them a power five team is okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, at Northern Kentucky DePaul, that stretch of two away games, it'd be nice to get one of those. I, I mm-hmm. think Ken Palm, has Western Illinois at 242. I think that's way low. That's low. Yeah. I, I, not only from last year and bringing back pretty much everybody, but they really brought in some talent and some defense in the backcourt, which is going to help them a lot. Mm -hmm. I I just think they're, they're, they're too low on them. So the, the DePaul, Northern Kentucky, I think they're similar to those two teams. They're both on Mm -hmm. the road. So those are tough just because they're on the road. But, uh, I think they could take one of those Nebraska on the road is tough just because it's again on the road, but uh. yeah, Nebraska, it's, it's a fun place to play.
1: You know, actually, it's, it's a great place for away teams because it's kind of a fun environment. It's a beautiful arena. If you haven't seen, I think it's like pinnacle bank arena, things like it's, it's a beautiful gym and it's not like overly hostile, you know, and Nebraska is not overly good. So that's a fantastic game for Western Illinois. I mean, that's, that's, that's another one. Western beats Nebraska. That is not going to shock me. I mean, yeah, I'd be curious that, to see what that point spread is. but
0: yeah, yeah, Ken Baum has them losing by 16, and I just, like I said, no way. I think that's because yeah. Western Illinois is, I, I think they're a year behind on them, to to be frank.
1: I, but, I, uh, I agree. I, I, I don't think, you know, so they, they bring back everybody who contributed, and they're adding some more guys who will contribute. Right. And I think if you look at, you really, Western Illinois, you really have to forget the first half of last year. They were literally throwing a different lineup out there every single game. Right. And then they started to figure things out and they finally got some players to take hold of some roles. And that's when they really started to take off. And now they're adding a couple new players that are, are going to play a lot for them. And finding players that can play immediately for you when you're already a pretty good team is really difficult. And they did that. So it's, yep. it's there's some kind of key differentials in there. So I, I'm glad we're on the same page about them. Um, we're going to see where they're at after this non-conference schedule. I bet we like what we see. You know, they're yeah. going to have some nice wins here that they have not had in the last couple of years.
0: Well, and, and the thing I'll say, I and mean, we've talked about their three backcourt players they brought in. But in their scrimmage, they had a, a guy that came from UTSA, which is Conference USA, or I think Conference USA. Who knows what it is now? Because that whole thing blew up mm-hmm. in the last month. But uh, Luka Barisic, who scored 22 points, he's 6'10", 240. Uh, like, yeah. That, I mean they could really they really could slide Will Carius over to like the three, even though we don't play traditional uh you know, that three, four, five type lineups anymore. But he could slide over and you could put Tamel Pearson in that Barisic. That's two six ten, six eleven guys. That they're gonna it, cause problems. It sounds like they
1: play pretty well together too. And so Western Illinois now has one of the biggest front courts in the conference. I mean, probably on par with NDSU. Obviously, NDSU's is you know, built a little differently than theirs. But um what I think is interesting is then if Will Carrius can play the three, we know he can play on the perimeter, but he's also very good on the block. And there aren't many threes that are particularly good at playing post defense. And so their additions just have given them more ways to play. I really like their additions. Like I think they're getting a lot better from being a pretty decent team. And so I mean and and in, in transitioning into another team that was really kind of the same thing is Kansas city. I mean, again, they they have some nice players that I think are going to really contribute for them. They have some guys on the roster that'll be stepping into a little bigger roles here. And and there's another one that I think are going to roll right along. And they have one of the most interesting non-conference schedules. They start out with at Minnesota at Iowa and at Missouri. Those are three games right off the bat. And I think that Minnesota game, boy, that's, we, we've been, we kind of had that one circled as, you know, man, what is Minnesota doing playing Kansas city to to kind of open and start things off. um, That is not a fun first game. Kansas city is never really fun to play. Like you can beat them, but you're going to have an awful time. And that is not a great game to play. If you're not truly organized and have everybody on the same page uh, as like, like what can happen with a first time head coach, you know Um, they understand who they are and they're going to make you, Make some decisions as to how much you want to to how much contact you want to take and all that good stuff. And so the Minnesota game is really interesting. And then yeah, Iowa at Missouri. So they're they're jumping right in the deep end. Yeah. And then uh, you know a couple of lower level games in there in MTV in, at Arkansas State. Not a, not a bad little tournament there. And then and then Green Bay too. So um, I don't know. I, I like their non conference schedule actually. You know it's it's a really interesting one. Um, it's it's the type of schedule that you would only put together if you like your team. You would not right. start with these three teams if you did not like your team. So, you know, Coach Donlin, he must uh he must be as as high on his team as we are probably.
0: The the thing that they've had trouble in last year was so weird. <laughs> Everybody had trouble, but the thing Kansas City's had trouble with is getting anybody that's a less than even a 300 uh, Ken Palm type team to go to Kansas City. It, it's it, but then they do challenge themselves with these three games right, right around, you know, Missouri and Iowa, Iowa is a very good team, top 25 ish type team. Um, Minnesota isn't very good, but it's still a big 10 team, Uh, Missouri. But then they've got, they just got a lot of away games and and not a lot of games on the non-conference. I think they only had 10 non-conference games, uh, two of which were uh, Um, Mm non-D1s. So yeah, they, 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 they might, be the team, in, in, depending on what they do those first three games, they might be the team that we uh, we have the hardest time getting a read on um, mm-hmm. in in the non-conference. But another one of those teams, and maybe it's just because we're the Summit League podcast, but they're at 248 in Ken Palm right now. I just think they're better than that. I, I do think the bottom of, of the Summit's going to have a rough year. But mm-hmm. I, Kansas City and uh, Western Illinois are two teams that I just think Maybe people don't realize McKissick leaving is not, not a good thing, but they brought in Evan Gilliard who who's played high level D one basketball. They brought in some replacements and I, I get a few guys back from injury from last year. And and the thing that they'll, that they'll always do is, is beat you up. So yeah, it, I think they're a little low on them as well.
1: Yeah. I think for both Western Illinois and Kansas city, their rating would have been maybe fitting for, at the end of last year, but they only got better from that point forward. So they right. are better than they were last year. They didn't take any steps back. And I, I know we talked about Brandon McKissick a little bit, but honestly, you know, he was in and out of the lineup and in and out of the transfer portal and didn't yep. have the level of impact that you would probably think he would have on a team last year. You could tell he just wasn't all in. I mean, that's just really the situation,
0: but I forgot um, he entered the portal for a couple of days or whatever. I know that's that's yeah. why I,
1: like when he was doing stuff like that like that's why I took him off my all all-summit league team, all uh defensive player of the year all that stuff. Like I don't I just that
0: stuff it just doesn't sit well with me. It, but it will but, be really interesting to watch Josiah Alec without in just a more balanced attack. Yeah, you know I really like him.
1: He he um you can tell the post players that have worked hard at what they do. You know, I don't know that playing in the post really comes natural to him, but you can tell the coaches have developed him well in terms of keeping it simple, working hard, getting good position. Like he does all the fundamental things well. He may not be the most skilled guy, but if you have the fundamentals and you're, you know, a physically strong guy in the post, you can get 15 points and eight rebounds relatively easily. And you run the floor. I mean, jump hook things like that. He's going to be a good player. He understands those things. I have a lot of respect for guys like that, but to kind of follow up on one of your points that you were making about uh, the, just not being able to get anybody at Kansas city, really the only notable um, home game in the non-conference schedule is green Bay. That's basically it. They literally don't have anything else. And that's, that's tough. That's really, that's really tough. If you're Kansas city, it puts you at a huge disadvantage. Um, definitely not like all Roberts or, or South Dakota State. Um, so that's something that they're going to have to figure out a way to address in future years. But you know, it's not like uh, you know, the, the coaching staff needs another reason to make sure that those those players are playing tough, I guess. Well,
0: and I, I know we get on this soapbox often, but it hurts the conference too. And 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 I don't blame Kansas City for the fact that. I will say it for the 800th time people are going to know they say this stuff all the time, but conferences like the summit need to help each other out. Like they just do. And, and in order to get those games, like green Bay is a bad horizon team. So Mm -hmm. I would expect Kansas city to beat them. But if we could find a way for some of these conferences with similar problems to help each other out. So they're not, it, it, it just feels like it's this working together thing that I don't understand why that doesn't. So well,
1: we're going to we're going to get that. We're going to get that eventually. I mean, you know, the Horizon League, whatever, the the Big Sky Conference, all yeah. all the they all have this same problem. All their non-conference schedule have the same flaws. Very and true. the simple solution is to schedule at least four game, you know, have whatever two to four games with Horizon League, two to four games with the Big Sky or something like that. And that way at least knocks out roughly half of your uh non-conference schedule. You get say two home games and two away games. Right. So, you know, you're getting good players, good teams on your court at a bare minimum. And that leaves the rest of your non-conference schedule for pay games or lower level games or something like that. And yeah, it may not be perfect for everybody, but guess what? It would improve more team schedules than not. Right. And so it's, you know, it's just going, you know, going and play Cal Poly. Does that, does anybody win by that? you know nobody really wins when when schools have to do that but nsu has to do what they have to do so but um and and, and that's probably a topic for a whole nother podcast because that that just makes way too much sense um, to not get done
0: Um, one that we probably brought up four or five times but that i don't know it just we're gonna keep doing it until it gets fixed yeah you hear the complaints and it's like but there's got i mean and, and talk to each other. See, yeah. Right. You see the teams like Western Illinois, clearly somewhere in the coaching staff, they have some sort of connection with the Mac to get mm-hmm. three or four games scheduled with Mac teams. Like yeah. something is there that connects, but mm-hmm. at, you know, not everywhere is. It. And Kansas city's got one of those tiny gyms. I can't wait to get there. Cause mm-hmm. there's, and it just is would be so great to fill that place out and mm-hmm. have, you know, these, these matchups of light teams. Um, mm-hmm. But, but in order to get through everybody, we should probably move on to North Dakota. Yeah. So,
1: uh, you know, North Dakota, I've been spending a little bit, a little time here. Um, obviously starting off with Milwaukee, right. And Milwaukee is all about Pat Baldwin right now. Um, uh, Milwaukee historically hasn't been very good, but you know, obviously you had a, a top 10 recruit in there and it really changes things. So that's going to be on Tuesday. Be leading off with that. Montana's on there. Uh, getting Montana at UND is, uh, uh uh, a big deal you know UND has just UND is a lot like Kansas City they've really struggled to get teams on their home court um this Milwaukee game is the first home division one conference non-conference game in the Sailor era and we're in year three right that's That's just unbelievable there's no way that that can ever be replicated um just just really unbelievable just a hell of a deal that they've been having to go through here but uh, so that'll be kind of fun um and and then they go to an mtv mte you know and you know if if your mte isn't going to be in the pentagon where you're going to get some uh really live practice and 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 a great prep for the conference championship tournament where's the second best place yeah probably boca raton florida and that's that's where they're going so smart scheduling there smart scheduling plenty of team building on the beach i like that right there and then getting in another game down in in, in uh in miami florida International. that's interesting then they go to kansas city they have a that's going to be a a pretty good game i don't know that kansas city is exactly an NCAA tournament team but always good to get a couple power 5 games in there yeah. um you know and then going to san jose state so uh that's gonna be obviously a lot of fun with with coach miles and i know we're all gonna be tuned in for that one and then also getting eastern washington at home and then a, a couple lower level ones and then they also get uh, dixie state at home then give them a little payback for revenge uh, delay. game yep. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> after dixie got them last year um so their schedule i actually like it quite a bit yeah i like I it too. quite a bit yeah their, their their mte is is really good they're getting some travel in, they have a couple lower level games in there. They're actually getting some on their home court. This has to be probably one of their better non-conference schedules they've ever had, I think. Right.
0: Yeah, it and Ken Palm has them losing those first four. Mm-hmm. Um it, and boy, I'll tell you what, that would say something about this team if they could find a way to get two wins out of the first five.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. it just it and it'll be tough. Montana's always a good team. Um, mm-hmm. Milwaukee you can't add a top five recruit to a horizon league team and not make Mm -hmm. them instantly a lot better. And and so it, it just basketball is the one sport where, especially at that level, you had a guy who they had that guy that went to Howard or whatever, and he kind of played Mm -hmm. a few games and then went, I mean, this is the coach's kid. Like he's all in for this season. It isn't, you know, a publicity kind of thing or anything like that. Um, it's that's going to be a really tough opener, but I love their schedule. Like the, to get those two home games to start, mm-hmm. whoever put their schedule together, kudos to them. Cause it's mm-hmm. a, it's a good schedule.
1: Yeah. The yeah. only thing it would have been nice for them to get, to have a lower level game, like a division two game right before the Milwaukee game or something yeah. like that. Just, yeah. just because they are a very, very new group. Like yep. they, they, I followed the Mayville state game online and they, we're down most of the first half, which yeah. is pretty yeah. surprising. I mean, Mayville's not even Division Two; uh, they're a well-coached team, but you know, it, but it's kind of interesting. Milwaukee sort of had the same thing. Like Milwaukee played like the Milwaukee School of Engineering, I believe, and uh-huh. we really had a very, very similar game till to UND's game against Mayville State. Like in the 60s, winning by single digits, right. you know, like having to grind it out way harder than you thought you were gonna. You know, you thought you were going to be able to get some good, look, some looks at a couple different lineups and you really couldn't do that. And cause you don't want to drop the game, obviously. But, uh, so I don't know. I mean, I think both those teams are kind of coming into this game here. Like, you know, Hey man, nice. not going to get right. that win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Regardless, it'd be great to get a win over a division one school, you know? And so, um, so, so really interesting, but yeah, love, love UND's non-conference schedule. It's, it pushes them. It's probably a little harder than they'd like for the type of team that they have right now but i mean what the heck you know it's a one-bid league right, right? so they've they got to challenge themselves and they're gonna be traveling around playing a lot of fun games and hey it's much better than any other non-conference schedule that they've had in the sailor area that's for dang sure so right. and I, i'm sure sailors
0: just loving this right now we'll move on to the newest team in the summit saint thomas uh, Ken Palm has them for three wins in the non-conference now. A couple of those are uh, are uh, non-D ones, but uh, they start out with, with with Chicago State, who you could argue maybe should be a non-D one, um, but they 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 consider them a win at on the road. Uh, what do you think of their schedule in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, they basically tried to make it as easy as possible while still trying to get as many division one games yeah. in there, which is totally understandable. I do exactly the same thing. Yep. Um yeah, I know I know both them and Chicago State are looking at each other like, oh yeah, we're we're getting our we're getting that division one win <laughs> right. that, that they don't get right. many of, you know. Um and then you know, off to New York. I mean, playing play a pretty cool situation out there in Fordham University in St. Francis. I mean, that's actually yep. kind of a cool uh setup there for for historians of the college basketball. Um You know, and then, yeah, playing a lot of regional games and then and then a couple lower level games in there as well. So, I mean, I like what they're doing. They'll play Drake. I like the fact that they're playing Drake because a couple other teams in the conference also play Drake. Yeah. So it'll be a nice little measuring stick, you know, whether because who else is playing them? I think South Dakota or Western Illinois.
0: South Dakota um, is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. South Dakota. So they'll be able to say, all right, this is how we fared against them and see how I mean, transitive property obviously doesn't always apply. But, you know, it is good to have just some common opponents in there just, yeah. um, you know, mixing in. So they probably did as good as they could here. Yeah. Um, my guess is Minnesota is going to pop up on their schedule quite a bit too. That'll, that that could be a pretty yeah. fun non-conference game every year, things like that. So their kind of, their schedule will get much better, but this is this is not a bad little setup for them in year one.
0: And Montana State goes to Saint Thomas, so home game there. Fun fun wow, for the fans. Oh, I forgot about and, that. Boy, and, man,
1: Montana State travels a lot.
0: Yeah, they do, and and to the Summit a lot. Uh, Good for the, them. Yeah. And even for their players, like how cool is it to go to Fordham? And, oh, and, so cool. That's To gonna be Niagara so cool to and just these, you know, yeah. nothing against Augsburg, but it's kind of, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a lot better of a, it's just such a, I, you know, when they came in as freshmen, nobody, heck, when they, two years ago, nobody thought this was a thing. So mm-hmm. to all of a sudden be able to to be part of the first team on the Division One level, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's going to be so fun to watch them out there battling against Drake and all of a sudden it's just like, man. They're going to be in the middle of that Drake game and be like, where's McAllister when you need him, you know? Right, yeah. Where's St. Yeah. Olaf when you need him?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, pounding on those teams. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the one school that we did kind of didn't touch on was Oral Roberts, right? Oh, yeah, yep. So their non-conference is really interesting. So am I reading this right, that they actually have Oklahoma State at home?
0: No, no, it's an away game. Okay, because, yeah. No, this, wait, it, Oklahoma. It, no, it is home. It was away last year. Yeah, so they've kind of got a like, little series going with the, which is
1: unbelievable. I mean, yeah. they don't really have much leverage against Oklahoma State, so Oklahoma State just is must be okay with doing this, uh-huh. um, you know. And it's kind of interesting. I, I I I can't wait to see what happens with Oklahoma State this year. Obviously, I think everybody has heard the news that they got banned from the from the NCAA tournament for uh, like three hundred dollars changing hands, <laughs> and it was it was uh-huh. several years ago, and it didn't involve any of these players or coaches um and they got banned from the ncaa tournament i could go on just a oh. just a tirade that would derail this whole conversation and with every fiber of my being i'm trying to not do that because this is you know we're keeping spirits yeah. high and this is the preseason uh preview here but that's just unbelievable but kudos to them for going to oral roberts that that's just what a huge win for oral roberts i mean yeah a tough situation for it's- oklahoma state and it's but, likely
0: going to be packed there too. Like if you've seen oh, any of their be. maybe madness stuff and all of that yeah. since the tournament run, like they redid the arena. I I hope that they pack that place like South Dakota state and North Dakota state does. Cause that team deserves it. So they absolutely deserve it. And the other
1: thing is they're the only show in town, right? What are, what's everybody doing? If they're not going to these games, they should be watching these games. It's unbelievable. Um, no football team or anything like that. So great situation where they get oklahoma state and tulsa at home right so i mean two great games at home and then colorado state which you know that's it's uh i think colorado state's actually not bad but um they're pretty decent yeah 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 so i mean that may be a tough one but but that's okay and then also tcu so um some fun games there and then like coach mills had said you know you know you, you want those top tier games and you want the lower ones so that they have haskell um you know southwest christian uh, houston baptist things like that so um you know i i i you know so they, it's all really about those four games and if they win yeah. if they win one or two of those four games um two of which are at home that's that's fantastic yes that's fantastic i mean you know what what are they probably tier two wins maybe yeah um
0: well oh, uh, i mean in missouri state and oklahoma state are probably tier one if they were yeah, to win those be. on the road on on the road yeah. the mm-hmm. colorado state a little it all depends i mean of course all of this depends on the actual games that get played all year but uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh it is a really good, and he's got those three non-D ones. He, in fact, I don't think there was a team that had less than one non-D one on their schedule. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they're all kind of taking that to heart a little bit that those are good good chances to get ready for the season, and they don't hurt you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah it, it it Colorado State is a really good measuring stick to see where that where they're at this year. know, um, it's almost a bummer because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be at Williams Arena for Kansas City, Minnesota. But all the DVR will be working overtime, so I can catch up on a lot of these. But, Man,
1: uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so distracted calling this UND Milwaukee game <laughs> right. while just constantly filling with my phone and seeing what those scores, all right. scores are. I got to keep it all together, I guess.
0: Right. Yeah. All right. The 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 bottom two teams in, are at least in the uh, Ken Palm for for the league, you got Nebraska Omaha. Their schedule they've got a, a MAC team and ball. Well, they start with a non D1, then ball stayed on the road. Um, the Eastern Washington traveled out to a couple of Summit League teams, I think they they were on somebody else's as well. They've got UNLV, as did uh, so so I don't remember a, NDSU,
1: NDSU had yeah. UNLV, right? Yeah. Yep,
0: that that's yep. right. Yep,
1: and, and then also Eastern Washington's also going to uh, and UND another Drake as well. Yep. another Drake. Another Drake and then you know Purdue and Texas Tech. Boy, and Kansas State and Ball State. I mean, this is this is honestly one of the toughest non conference schedules. Yeah. Yep. Out of that that any team has. And they're they're having a new group together. So I mean, Darren Hansen's gonna have his hands full. He loves challenging his guys. He wouldn't do this if he wasn't confident in his guys. You know, it's kind of funny how it works out sometimes, is you know, and I, I know Greg could speak to this, but you know a coach puts together a schedule like this and sometimes he walks in front of his players and goes, well, guys, I screwed up. I made the schedule way too hard. (laughs) Um, Are are you guys going to have my back or not? You know? Right. And it can kind of be a galvanizing thing. I mean, if you're not winning all these games, but just,
0: you know, the courage that you're going to have
1: to have the ballot to battle like this, it's going to, you know, they're going to have to have a lot of courage to get through this year regardless. So. Right. Um,
0: Yeah. It'd be fun to see Kevin O'Banner back with Texas tech. Um, Well, it'll be at Texas tech, but. Omaha playing them. Get to watch him at the at the big twelve level. So
1: And Purdue's basically a borderline final four team. Yeah, they so are. they're they're gonna be a really uh boy, they got a lot of sleds in the middle and Jaden Ivy yeah. and everything, man. They're it's gonna be fun to watch Omaha play against them and then Omaha play against the rest of the teams in the conference just to right. kind of see how big how much difference there is. But but uh, interesting Wait, schedule. I wonder, man. Coach Hansen must have a lot of pull with a lot of these schools to get these schools even on, you know, get these games
0: on here. I bet he does. I mean, he's been around for years yeah. and years. So yeah. it, uh, yeah, it, it, they have Ken Baum is, Texas Tech has uh 12 in their rankings, which, uh, you know, with losing uh, Coach Beard and all that, you'd think. Yeah. They, but they they obviously brought in some players that can that at least the metrics think are going to help out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, the lowest rated in the, it it is interesting to me that St. Thomas, who is jumping two levels of competition is rated higher in Ken Palm than Denver. But, uh, the, the lowest rated is Denver. They start with two non D ones and then, um, have a, uh, MTE that they play with IUPUI, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, um, Anything that stands out to, in their schedule for you?
1: Well, I mean, their schedule is a lot like St. Thomas's, you yeah. know, where it's just there's a lot of very low-level schools on here. Uh, you know, a couple that'll be a little tricky, like at New Mexico, that game's going to be a lot harder than it looks like on paper. Um, and the same thing with at Wyoming. Boy, they're going to have to deal with altitude issues. Right.
0: Um,
1: you know, um, and also planning, geez, at Air Force. So, yeah, a lot of to games <laughs> here. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's, they're, they're trying to, to water it down because where they're at, at their point in building their program is they need to build a little belief, you know? Yeah. And, you know, when you're practicing, it's one thing for the coach to say, yep, if you do this, it's going to win. It's another for, the team to translate what the coach is saying to on, being on the court and actually winning. And even if it's against a lower level team, it's important. It's, it's sort of a, a step in the right direction. You, you you have to kind of ease your way up. If they would get thrown into the type of schedule that uh, Omaha has, for example, then you start to wonder about, you know, if you get through that non-conference schedule, with only a win or two or, or three, you know, it's just kind of like you, you're never really getting off the ground before you hit that conference schedule. So, I mean, you could tell, these, these programs drive different places. And so they need different, different non-conference schedules right. and uh, that's fine. And that's just the coach being smart about things and doing really the only thing that's productive and that's putting together a schedule that's going to help your team the most, whether that's challenging them or building up confidence or whatnot. So that's really what I see here: is a schedule really similar to St. Thomas's.
0: Yeah. It'll be really interesting. I like that. They start with two non D ones. Like let's yeah. get a couple of wins under our belt. IUPUI yep. is a very winnable game. Um, What will be the most telling thing for Denver is under Coach Billups, they were always at the bottom of defensive efficiency in Mm -hmm. college basketball, bottom Mm -hmm. 20 teams overall. Mm -hmm. If they can – it'll just be interesting to see if they can play a little bit better defensively, but I could easily see – Kind of the same pattern, not as many wins in the Summit League that Western Illinois ended. I don't think they have as much talent as Western mm-hmm. Illinois did last year, but it'll take them a few a while to gel a little bit. But I do think we'll see a better product than we saw the last two years.
1: Yeah, biggest thing for this year for, for Denver is just to find a, like even like three or four players that you know are going to be cornerstones yep. of the franchise going forward. And then you can really start to build on that and build around them. And then you know what type of players you need to bring in next year based off what you have now. But the most important thing for Denver is just players start to establish themselves and start to own roles.
0: And then you, you then everything sort of takes shape after that. Right. All right. Well, we've got 10 minutes left. So I think what we'll do is. Before we jump on to any players we want to talk about that 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 uh, we're excited to see at the begin, beginning of this year, any games in that first week that you're that are you're really excited to watch? Uh, obviously, being there for the for the Milwaukee game with North Dakota, that'll be a great one to be able to watch Patrick Baldwin. Any other games in that first week that are just stand out and that our listeners should try to tune yeah. into if they can? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you have to watch South Dakota state at Alabama, right? I mean, that is, that is going to be a measuring stick game. If there ever was one, I mean, that is Alabama's NCAA tournament team. South Dakota state would really like to be one, and this will give them a great indication of where they need to get to, what they need to get better at. Things like that. We'll also probably see, you know uh, what they look like under stress, which is really a better barometer than, than uh, maybe even the Bradley game. Probably. Um, other games out there, Western Illinois at Nebraska, that's one too. It, that's very similar to the Kansas City at Minnesota. I mean, wouldn't that be something that we have two Summit League wins over Power Five schools, even yeah. if they're not the most, uh, uh, even if they're not the, the top of the Power Five conference, but they're still Power Five conference school. I don't care what anybody says. And that's a big deal. That's something that this, this conference has actually kind of struggled with. Um, they've had a lot of chances, they just haven't converted. And, and that's really sort of the next step for this conference in general is just winning those games. If they could get a handful of those every year, that's just that much closer to being two bids. Right. And then, um, you know, so outside of that, I think those are probably the biggest ones, Western Illinois Nebraska, Kansas city, Minnesota and South Dakota state at Alabama. I like those big games right off yeah. of the bat.
0: Yeah, I I do too. I, I, I will echo the same thing you said, Western Illinois at Nebraska, Kansas City at Minnesota both teams I think are underappreciated for what they are going to be this season Mm -hmm. you know do I think they're both going to win not necessarily I do think I do think Kansas City can beat Minnesota heck I think both can win I just think they're good barometers for those two teams and I think will show that those teams are better than people are are thinking they they will be and St. Thomas it's Chicago state. It's, it's, it is what it is, but just that first D one. It's game. going
1: to be an emotional game for them.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's going to be an emotional game for them. I mean, what a special opportunity,
1: you know? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't surprise me to see them win that one either. So, yeah. I mean, and, you, it, you know, the other thing about Western Illinois and Kansas city, I mean, we're talking like the, maybe the fourth or fifth best team in the conference beating power five schools. Right. I mean, that tells you where this conference is.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's not South Dakota State going and beating a down Minnesota team. That would yeah. be, I, again, I think Kansas City deserves more than they're getting, but they are they are the fourth or fifth best team in the league, and mm-hmm. and that would be a big win even with a completely rebuilt Minnesota team. I yeah. I'll even go with uh, the with, with South Dakota State with Bradley and Al- Alabama and Oral Roberts with Colorado State. If they could the, between those two teams, there's two wins in those three games. That's a big deal. Like that's yeah. showing that these three top teams, uh, North Dakota State. This isn't the week for them to show where they're at. Um, mm-hmm. They should win. I mean Concordia and, and Cal Poly, but for or- Oral Roberts and, and South Dakota State, I think there's they, that really could be a marker for the league in general. Yeah. Um, and and the UND Milwaukee game, like I said, I mean I mean that's just worth watching just because of the, the player that comes on the court for Milwaukee. It's very unique that a player of his caliber plays at that level. So it'll it'll mm-hmm. be a fun game. Um mm-hmm. then we're gonna wrap up the podcast. I'm gonna give you um one player that that I maybe have brought up on the on the but I want to give a little bit of a prediction. I I we've talked about South Dakota and and then I'll open it up for you if you have anybody that you want to add in. We talked about Andrew Coleman last week as kind of our player to watch. I'm gonna give you one from South Dakota with Todd Lee Xavier Fuller was the guy last year. Like I don't know that we brought him up much because what do you know about these JUCO guys? There's this JUCO guy named uh, Eric Oliver who's coming to South Dakota, and it just has that feeling. The guy put up gigantic numbers at the JUCO level, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. There's so many JUCOs and so many levels of JUCO, but they need scoring in the backcourt, and I just have a feeling this guy's going to come in. And and do some big things and be that player that we didn't know at the start of the season that we do at the end of the season uh, for South Dakota and, and the reason why they're battling towards the top again.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like the the whole South Dakota situation makes me very curious. Like we talked about earlier in this podcast, who takes over AJ white's production? I mean, that role is out there. Is it Mason Archambault? Is Would it be. the new JUCO kid? Is it maybe? you know, Cruz Perra hunt, you know, is, I think there's a number of options there. Um, only Todd Lee knows who's best suited for that, but certainly there's going to be somebody on that South Dakota team that we don't a hundred percent see coming now, but once they start doing it, we're going to be like, Oh, well, this makes a lot of sense, you know, cause Todd Lee's a good coach and he does right. this like every single year. And so it kind of plays into that whole theme that we were talking about, about just sort of trusting, that program because maybe they have arrived at that level that you know the like the North Dakota State and South Dakota State are at.
0: Yeah, and the best part about those predictions is if you get it wrong, no one remembers. But if you get it right, <laughs> it makes you seem like a genius. Um, and the nice
1: thing, about, yeah, the nice thing about the situation is if, if you do something like me and predict like five things, maybe one thing happens, <laughs> right. and then you can say, Ah, yeah, yeah, I predict that, no problem. Yeah, no, no remembers the other four that I didn't though. So.
0: Well, and the, the, it's sort of like on, on Twitter last year before the Ohio State Oral Roberts game, I had said something to the effect to a Ohio State blogger that you better be careful. This team's really good. I never didn't even predict that they'd win, and it got on those old takes, expo, uh, like hot takes and all that oh, yeah. stuff. And I'm like, I didn't even say they'd win, but I will take credit for saying they're good. <laughs> like, yeah, so... But that yeah, tweak gets missed if, if I just say they're, yeah, if I say they're not going to win.
1: Yeah, wow. yeah. I'd say we're in, the, we're in the business of analyzing things, not necessarily in predicting things, because, man, you know, I love sports betting, but, man, it, it, just, it does illustrate how hard it is to predict things regardless. So, oh, I mean, that's, yes. what makes it fun, that's what makes it so fun. It, if this it, was it, really predictable, it wouldn't be as fun. Part of the reason exactly. it's so fun is because you really do not know, and nothing should surprise you no matter how this plays out. Exactly.
0: Did you, did you figure out to, how to say Miss, uh, big T's name yet? No, no, that's, <laughs> I, I need to get up to, I need to get up to
1: Grand Forks nice and early on Tuesday because <laughs> I have, I have a little work to do. I, I actually asked her a little bit and I was like, Oh, for three, Oh, for four. So, um, <laughs> well, I, no. uh, there'll probably be a lot of, well, you know, the big fella or the, you know, things right. like, I don't know. I, the, cause the last thing I want to do is like, I don't want to disrespect him. and like mispronounce his name, but <laughs> right. you know right. it's, a lot goes on in a short period of time and I gotta get it right. So But it, it'll be yep. fun. That that game's yep. gonna be a lot of fun. I think the turnout's gonna be good. Uh, it'll be on Valley Sports. Uh I know Greg also has the Concordia NDSU game. I believe they are broadcasting that game as well. Um so it'll just be one of the 185 games, but clearly the most important game going on at that time for me, anyway. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty sure he's not going to listen to this, so I'm going to guess because that will be my newest prediction. I'm, I'm going with Sotne Sartsidze. Yeah, Sotne. Oh. I
1: think Sotne is right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, well, we got the first name down at least. But,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had a couple working there with Urbanovichus and there yeah. there's a, there a number, and I Ian Acho, and there's there a couple that were, over the years, they've always had some interesting last names up at UND
0: the good news is 10 games inward. We, we act like we always knew. So that's right. That's right. All right. Well, with that, we got through every, uh, non-conference schedule. I think it's a good way to start out the year. We'll have actual basketball to talk about next week when we get back together. And so we'll wrap it up there.
1: All right. Looks like a great preview, Todd. Thanks for all your work on this and we're just really looking forward to this and man, are we going to have a lot to digest next week?
0: Yep. Yeah. happy to to have all the listeners that we have and just i i, I tell you what just as much i love enjoying just t- talking about it on twitter and it, nothing gets better than when there's actual games that are happening so yeah all right until next week everybody